Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. First of all, before I even go into scripture, I just want to say again, I do understand how challenging, how very challenging the times that we're living in right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of us, we feel helpless. Um, a lot of us, we feel even haunted uh, by our past. The reason why I'm saying this is, you know, because even from my own life, uh, uh, you know, recently uh, a church member uh, told us about how uh, they have a friend who has been diagnosed positive and uh, it just broke my heart. We prayed, but unfortunately this person um, passed away. And just even that thought itself made me feel so hopeless because I, I feel, I can't help but feel what that person's widow must be going through. I can only imagine that if the situation was in my own life and if I had fallen sick and, and I, I know that it would have driven Pastor Cat insane and, and full of sorrow. So to know that somebody else is going through that, man, my heart breaks. But in that breaking, I feel so helpless. And I feel like, oh God, I want to I wanna do more. And maybe for some of us, this time of isolation is, is a haunting time for us. Haunting because we are being hounded by the things in our lives, the things in our past, our past hurts, our past disappointments. You know, as I pray for our entire church, even as we are all scattered, socially isolated, you know, I pray for all of you daily. And the Holy Spirit reminded me this recently, you know, keep praying for the people because you don't understand how sometimes being in our rooms, stuck in our rooms, stuck in our homes, uh, can be a very depressing place to be because the Holy Spirit showed me this, that, that our rooms is like a battlefield. Our rooms and our houses are is really the war zone where we fight all our personal battles. And, and that's where we wrestle with depression. That's where we wrestle with temptation. That's where we wrestle with unforgiveness and our past. And unlike normal days where at home and in the middle of the night, sometimes you wrestle with those thoughts, um, morning comes. And then we get to dress up and, and go to work and go to study or just go out for a walk in normal times. But in current times, we wake up and we're still in the war zone. We're stuck in the war zone. We're quarantined in our war zone. And sometimes when we sit in a war zone long enough, you know, the, 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 the ghosts of our past, the, the demons of our lives come surging back up again. And, and whether it's in the form of our insecurities or even if it's in a form of our past hurt, something that affected us. You know, in the past and, and other times we have life, we have work, we have our daily commute uh, to distract us uh, from focusing on that. Maybe even a meal with a friend to distract us, exercise. But right now we're stuck in that and it feels like the, the noises and the voices in our life are getting louder and stronger and we feel haunted. You know, I'm saying all this not to depress us. I'm saying all this to say that I know what you're going through. I know what it feels like. 
And I want you to know you are not alone, church. Even though you might be alone, but the presence of God is with you. We pray that the presence and the peace of God will be with you regardless of what you are going through. God is with you and that you are not alone. Which brings me to the message today. And if you're taking down notes, I want you to write down the, the, the topic or the title for today, which is called your confinement assignment. Your confinement assignment. Amen. And, and before I go in to explain what that means, why don't we turn to Joshua chapter 3. That's right, Joshua chapter 3. We're going to read the whole of chapter 3. And I hope that this blesses you. I hope that this will help you uh, in, in the times that we're living in. Amen. Praise God. Joshua chapter 3 says this. You ready? Let's go. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set up from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp when they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and Levites bearing it, then you shall, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet, there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know that the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. We're going to come back to verse 4 in a bit. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the ark uh, of covenant, and crossed over before the people. So they took up the Ark of Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this you will know that the living God, praise God, our God is living, amen, is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, not Parasites, but the Parasites and the Gergeshites. They're all gone. Thank God we don't have to pronounce their names anymore. And one last, the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take from yourselves 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from the upstream, they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set up from the camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped into the edge of the water for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. So this was when the river Jordan was at its highest, you know, it was overflowing like flood time. And then the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. 
So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, filled and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel, all Israel, crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. A little bit longer there, entire chapter, but I hope you don't mind. You know, over here, a little bit of context before we go back to verse 4 is that the people were about to step into the promised land. And these were people that could not wait to step into all that God has promised their forefathers. Because a little bit of context is this, they had been wandering the desert, not for 40 days, but for 40 years. Friends, if you think that this confinement period, this lockdown is unbearable, Thank God it wasn't 40 years. Amen. Maybe we're close approaching 40 days, but thank God. There's always something we can thank God for. Thank God it's not 40 years. But can you imagine this? They just came out from 40 years and, and they can smell it, you know, the promised land. And yet at the edge of the river Jordan, God made them wait. Three days. Man, can you, can you imagine that? Can you imagine you've been fasting for, for, I don't know, 40 days, 40 nights, and then God says, can you, can you do three more days for me? You know, maybe for 40 days, 40 nights, you can because you love the Lord. But can you imagine 40 days? Oh, sorry, 40 years. Amen. Can you imagine praying for something? Maybe like, a, you know, I don't know, for, for a wife, and you've been praying for 40 years. And then God says, can you, can you give me Three more days. Man, some of us will go insane. And, and this is, again, God encouraging us. You know, the Bible is so powerful. It is the Word of God. It is real. And even though this was written thousands of years ago, it feels like encouragement for us now. Maybe some of us are getting restless because of the lockdown. But God says that, hey, hold on, hold on, you know, you know, don't worry. I've, I, when, when all is said and done, there's going to be a big move of God. And I really believe that. I really believe that God has a purpose for us, even in this time of lockdown. Don't get me wrong. This is not the cheeriest of times. This might not be the happiest of times, but I believe that God has assignment for us in our confinement. And that when all is said and done, when all is clear, when we've been given even the green light to go back to work and go back to life and meet face to face as a church again, I believe that there's going to be a mighty move of God. I believe that, that we're going to see so much of God's promises fulfilled. And I can only imagine the people of Israel were like, oh God, we want to go 40 years. We, can, we want to go to the milk and honey land. And then God says, I want you to camp there and wait for me three days. Three. The number three in the Bible often talks about, you know, completion, completion. Jesus died and rose again in three days. Complete sacrifice. It is done. Amen. The Lord we serve, He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Complete, you know, three in one. And so God is saying that, hey, I know you've been through a lot, but I'm, I'm going ahead of you and I'm preparing something awesome for you. But can you wait for me until it 
is complete. And so let this be a prophetic word. You know, don't be discouraged. Don't be counting down, God, how long, you know, and, and don't, don't be jealous of maybe other countries and other cities that are perhaps, you know, not so strict with the, with the movement order and maybe things are, are easing up in Australia or in, in you know, in, in China even. Uh, but don't be discouraged by that, but trust that God, I, I know that when it's complete, you're going to let me go. When it's complete, I'm going to see your promises for me. Amen. And so this is, again, you know, God saying to his people, I know I've been through a lot and not just 40 years of wandering the desert, but, but hundreds of years of slavery before that. And God is saying that, I know you waited a long time. I know you, you feel like you've been confined a long time, but I have a purpose for this. And we want to help you discover God's assignment for you in this time of confinement. I love it in verse 4. It says here, you know, yet there shall be some space between you and the Ark of Covenant, about 2,000 cubits by measure. So that's some ancient social distancing there. <laughs> but it says here, um, you know, do not come near it. Um, that you may know the way which you must go, for you have not passed this way before, for you have never been here before, some translations say. And truly, I feel this is again a prophetic word for us because there's, there's no time like, like the times that we're living in. No church has been at this stage before. Last weekend, globally, the, the, no, as a church, we had to celebrate Easter, um, you know, distanced socially. And there's never been such a time before. And, and this scripture speaks to me because even as I'm praying to God, God, I want to lead your people. Teach me how to lead your church and not just lead your church. Grow your church in this time because I, I, I don't know. I've never been here before. And then God reminded me and God brought me to today's scripture and says that, yeah, so, so did Joshua had the same problem. Joshua had also never been there before. And yet I have been there before. And I told Joshua, trust in me, and I'm going to bring you to where you've never been before. And I feel that this is God's work for you. Wherever you're watching this from, maybe you're feeling a bit restless because you've never experienced something like this before. You've never experienced, you never felt so alone before. You never felt so helpless before. You never felt so lost before. I want you to know that God is with you. And even though you've never been there before, God has. Jesus knows loneliness. Jesus knows death. Jesus knows sorrow. Uh, we have a high priest, Jesus, who can relate to us. And so even though you've never been there before, God has. And so hold on to him. So how do we hold on to God? How do we discover our assignment in this time of confinement? Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to bring us through some points here. In verse 5, God further tells his people to not only... No chill, wait, social distance, you know, go where I go, let me lead the way. I want to encourage you to, to be led by the Holy Spirit more than ever at, at such a time as this. But in verse 5, you know, it actually says about, but consecrate yourself. Don't just be led by the Spirit, but consecrate yourself. And I, I did some digging and I, I found that the, the word consecrate yourself uh, in Hebrew means this, the washing of clothes. The abstaining from sexual relations, the changing of work schedule to prepare to be set apart. It is the deliberate interruption of our normal functions in life so that we can be spiritually alert 
and ready. Wow. Wow. I'm going to read that again. You know, it is the interruption of the good normal functions in life in order for us to be spiritually alert and ready. That's God's heartbeat when it says to consecrate yourself. Does it sound familiar? Consecrate yourself kind of sounds like a lockdown, doesn't it? You know, I know usually you can go anywhere, you can do anything, but consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart. Get yourself ready to be spiritually alert. Put aside things that you usually enjoy. Maybe this feels a little bit like fasting. And God is saying that I want fasting to be a lifestyle. Don't just do it for 21 days, but, but let it be an attitude. You know, don't just Netflix and binge watch, you know, in, in all the free time we have. But God is saying that would my people who are called by my name be spiritually alert? Be spiritually alert and keep my keep their eyes on me. Just like how the people, you know, with Joshua were told to keep their eyes, fix their eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant in ancient times represented the presence of God. You know, it represented the you know, God being with them. And, and today, while we don't have the Ark of Covenant, we do have God with us in the form of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us, which is Jesus. Amen. And when Jesus came into our lives, he represented God being with us. And so I really believe that, that God wants to set us up. In fact, I can I encourage you with, with some of these. I, I recently researched and I found out, you know, that, that, that Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, he, he was imprisoned, you know. And even though he was imprisoned, even though he was under lockdown, he was able to be effective. He was able to find his assignment in his confinement and he was able to write letters to the church in Ephesus, which today we know as the Epistle of Ephesians or Ephesians for short. You know, he wrote uh, Philippians, he wrote Colossians and he wrote Philemon. You know, and even if you go like, wow, okay, uh, but you know, that's kind of expected of Paul. You know, he's a man of God, he writes, he encourages, he preaches. Uh, but I can encourage you with maybe this more circular example. William Shakespeare in 1606, during a time of quarantine as well, he wrote Macbeth and King Lear. And so I want you to know that even though we feel we can feel trapped, even though our movements are restrained, doesn't mean that God is not moving. And if we can fix our eyes on God, if we can get ourselves spiritually alert to the things of God, spiritually ready to do what he asks us to do, we too can make a difference, just like how Paul made eternal difference, even though he was in prison. He called it to minister, minister, minister. So I want to urge you, so can you. Even though you're locked down, you can still minister. And, and some of us are thinking, minister, me, who? I don't know, I'm not sure. No, no, no. Now is the time, church. Now is the time for all of us to rise up, not just for the pastors to encourage, but for every church member to encourage, every church member to, to, to prophesy, every church member, you know, to reach out, you know, and let the pastors reach out to the members and let the members reach out to the pastors and, and together let's reach out to the lost because the world is hurting more than ever right now and in desperate need of healing and a savior. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Amen. And so I want to teach us on how we can fix our eyes on the presence of God and what it means. 
you know, earlier on we read in verse 4 for them to say that, look at, keep your eyes on the Ark of Covenant, go where it goes. And then, of course, you learn that when the Ark of Covenant carried by the priest, when it went into the river Jordan, the river Jordan split. Amen. And, and even though it was at an all-time high, uh, it, it supernaturally became dry ground because God held back the water. The presence of God held back the water and the people could cross over. And I want to encourage you. Amen. Three things. Three things we can do because the Ark of Covenant, you know, isn't just a, a piece of, of you know, uh, um, artifact. It wasn't just... Uh, something of the ancient world in it. You know, if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me uh, to Hebrews? Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 4. Um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Uh, Hebrews 9, 4 actually tells us what's inside the Ark of the Covenant. And, and it says here, Hebrews 9, 4, you know, inside the Ark uh, of the Covenant uh, it, were the golden pot that had the manna, Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant. I'm going to say it one more time, you know. Uh, you know, it had a golden pot of, of manna, the manna that the God rained down in the 40 years of, 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 of wilderness. It was collected and put in the Ark of the Covenant uh, and Aaron's rod and also the tablets, the Ten Commandments, the tablets of the covenant. And so it is this Three things that were in the Ark of the Covenant that I believe that God wants us to meditate on uh, even in this time of confinement. Amen. And you must understand that the, the crossing of the Jordan, it wasn't Joshua who did anything. The people of God did nothing except to follow and to fix their eyes on the presence of God. Right now, it might feel that there's nothing much we can do, but I want you to fix your eyes on the presence of God and to follow its commands. Amen? So I've got three things for us to meditate on, and I believe that as you meditate, as you fix your eyes, as you focus on these three things and doing these three things and living out these three principles, God will help you to find your assignment even in this time of confinement. Amen. The three things I want us to meditate on and which is found in the Ark of a Covenant representing the presence of God. I will give you all three points and then we're going to go through them one by one. I want us to spend time in this, in this lockdown Focusing and meditating on the promises of God represented by the stone tablets, the provision of God represented by the manna, and the power of God represented by Aaron's budding staff. Budding staff. Amen. Three things. Point number one, the promises of God. Amen. You know, these three things, the promises of God, the provision of God and the power of God, these are three things that in any time would remind us and, and make us feel the presence of God at its strongest. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, many times you go like, God, I want your presence. I want to feel you. Friends, I want to encourage you. If you've ever been there, you go like, I can't really feel God. Hey, when you meditate on God's promises, the word of God, I guarantee you, man, every time I, I read the word of God, I just spend time with the word of God. No agenda 
time spending with God. Remember, we preached about this a few weeks ago, about getting away and getting alone with God. And friends, when you get alone the promises of God, every time I read it, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Every time I read it, I just feel like I was no longer alone in the room. You know, and every time, of course, you know, when we uh, experience God's provision, every time God provides, whether he provides a healing, or provides financially, whether it provides companionship, friendship, community, we feel God's presence. Amen. We go like, wow, God is so good. God is so real. We always say that. Of course, last but not least, you know, we, we, every time we feel God's power, God's power, you know, his deliverance, his healing. His intervention, his protection, that's why we feel like, wow, God, I can feel your presence. And my hope is that as we meditate on these things, uh, not only will we grow in our awareness of God's presence in our lives, but we would also be able to help other people and point them to the presence of God. Amen. So let's come back again to point number one. I want us to spend this uh, lockdown, however long uh, it, it, it is coming, you know, again, encouragement, no matter how long it is, thank God it's not 40 years, and I doubt it will be 40 years, amen, but even if it's 40 years, God was with his people for 40 years, point number one again, the promises of God, friends, I don't want you to be defeated, and I don't want you to, you to be depressed, and again, like I said earlier, I understand that right now, more than ever, all of us are in a war zone, the war zone of all our private battles called our room, called our bed, called under our duvet. And I want you to know that just because, you know, you're a little bit isolated, just because there might have been things that have discouraged you, depressed you lately, I want you to know the solution has always been in the promises of God. And I want you, just like how the people of old fix their eyes on the Ark of Covenant, I want you in this lockdown, in this confinement period, to fix your eyes on the promises of God. Let us learn to be people that don't just watch bad news or listen to any news, but let us use this time to consecrate ourselves with the promises of God. You know, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, when, when uh, peacetime comes. But I do know for a fact that church needs to be rebuilt. I do know for a fact that many more people need to be reached. I do know for a fact that the world will never be the same again. And I do know for a fact that the world would need Jesus more than ever. So until that happens... I'm going to prepare myself. I'm going to consecrate myself by meditating on the promises of God. You know, I want us to go back, homework, you know, go back and meditate on Psalm 91. Go back and meditate on Psalm 23. Go back and meditate on the 10 commandments and use this time to grow your knowledge in the word of God. Use this time to read through the word of God. Maybe God is saying to, to all of us who've always wanted to read through the Bible, but always say that, man, I don't have time. I gave up halfway. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. I guarantee you, as you make an effort to read 
through the Bible. Start with the Gospels, but read through the New Testament first and then go to the Old Testament. As you do that, you're filling yourself with the promises of God. You're filling yourself. And when, when you're filled with the promises of God, it makes us effective, effective uh, 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 agents of transformation. The Bible says this all the time. You know, be salt and light. Amen. Be salt and light. And then recently God revealed this to me. Light is something that needs to be experienced when you are around a person. So, so when it says salt and light, I really believe that light represents our actions. Because people can only experience our actions, our good works when they are around us. But salt, how does one experience salt? By tasting. By tasting. There's only one organ in our entire body that can taste salt. Our tongue. And so I believe that when God says be salt and light, it means this also, you know, let words, let words. I know the world that we're living in right now, you know, salty have a, has a different have meaning now. You know, when someone gives a snarky reply, I go like, ooh, so salty. And I think that's, again, the distraction of the enemy trying to take something that God meant for good and turn it for evil. But we want to take what, the what was meant for evil and turn it back for good. So let's redeem the word salty. So the next time when people say, man, you're so salty, let it not be because they are complaining about the things that come out of your mouth, but because they're complimenting you. Amen. Let there be salt. And so how does salt come out of our mouths unless we fill ourselves with the promises of God? Amen. Are you known in your circles right now as a spreader of bad news or are you known as an encourager? Are you posting more stuff about you or are you posting more stuff about God? Are you sharing more scripture or are you sharing more fear? Are you inspiring people to faith or are you dragging people down with your neurosis? Times like this, we got to be people that fix our eyes on the promises of God. And as you have Psalm 23 in you, as you have Psalm 91 in you, as you have the, the teachings, the red words, the red letters of Jesus in you, it cannot help but come out of you. And when it comes out of you, you're able to be a blessing. Maybe there's somebody in your life right now that needs a, a, a scripture to encourage them. You know, don't be surprised if times like this, God is softening hearts. And there are more people desperately in need of the hope that is in the gospel than we realize. So maybe this is my encouragement for us as a church. This week, let's get more of the promises of God in our lives. And let's, by faith, and be led by the Holy Spirit to message some people and say, I'm praying for you. You know, uh, Psalm uh, 91, I'm praying for you. You know, I'm, let, I'm declaring over you. And, and don't just declare the scripture, maybe just write out that promise. You know, and begin, begin to say that, friend, I know you're, you're, you're afraid, but, but as a believer, my God says this, and I hope this encourages you. We're not forcing it down anyone's throat. I'm just saying that this is working wonders for me. You know how right now people are all sharing recipes of I'm baking bread, sourdough bread, this and that, my recipe. Why don't we share some recipes for peace? Amen. Instead of sourdough bread, let's point them to the bread of life. Yeah. And go like, hey, I, I, I've been so comforted in times like this by, by Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Friends, do you know that God 
is a good shepherd. I want you to put your trust in that. Come on, begin to say that. Begin to share that. Amen. Amen. Maybe that is God's assignment for you. You know, for you to finally get some progress on your scripture reading. But it's also so that so much of his word enters you that your tongue begins to change and salt begins to come out. Salt that adds flavor, salt that preserves life, salt that heals wounds. Let those things be your assignment. Let those things be pouring out of your life. Point number two, the provisions of God. Manna, what was in the Ark of the Covenant? Manna, the golden pot of manna. Manna was this miraculous bread from heaven that God reigned over his people when they were in the middle of the desert. Manna speaks of God's supernatural provision. Point number two, I want us to meditate on the provision of God. I want us to give thanks for the provision of God. You know, maybe some of us here, you know, you are blessed, even though uh, uh, things are put on hold, but, but you have a job and that job allows you to work from home. Thank God for his provision. Yeah, maybe there is a pay cut, but thank God there's still more pay than cut. Amen. You know, and begin to say that, God, thank you, Lord, for your provision. And in your provision, I know that your, your presence is with me. Because it is in your presence that I can find all this provision. And, and I want us to begin to give thanks. Give thanks. And not just give thanks. And begin to claim it. Maybe some of you, you you've been put on hold. Maybe some of you watching this, you are afraid of the outcome. I know recently I read the news that, that there's 2 million people unemployed. But just because you're unemployed, if that's you watching, just because you're unemployed doesn't mean that God cannot provide. I want you to know the people of God were unemployed for 40 years. There was, there was no job to do in the desert. They were unemployed, yet God provided. And so maybe, maybe this week, the fear of unemployment came. Maybe this week you've got a bad newsletter. Maybe you know of somebody, come on, begin to declare that God can provide. If God can provide for the people in Israel, He can provide for us. If God can provide 40 years and the people had no lack, God can and will provide for us. And maybe that's our assignment. Maybe for some of us that God has been providing, maybe times like this, we can look around for those of us who don't have enough and maybe share in some of those blessings. You know, I, I'm so proud of, 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 of Kev, Pastor Kev. My wife, just in case you guys don't know, and uh, she's such a woman of God, and and you know, I'm sharing this because you never hear it come up from her. But she's been finding out, you know, um, uh, uh, different ways that she can give towards refugee outreach, because she was sharing me how like yeah, people have jobs, and even though some people might be affected, but they're still citizens of a certain country. And with citizenship comes benefits and, and the government can take care of you, unemployment benefits, etc., etc. But what about the refugees? And so Pastor Cat has been looking around for ways to connect with people that are doing refugee outreach and refugee work. And, and she's been giving you know, generously to them. And maybe that's an encouragement for some of us here. Maybe God has been providing. And, and there's enough savings in your life to last for years. And maybe times like this, 
We are to share that provision. The Bible says we are blessed to be a blessing. Maybe times like this, we have to look around and go like, you know what? Who can I bless? You know, God's blessed me with his provision. Who can I now bless? Maybe I can help get someone's grocery. Maybe I can help to give to, you know, there's so many, so many uh, uh, ministries and online web and doesn't have to be spiritual. Sometimes it can just be giving to a government initiative, you know, for the homeless or for different things. And I want us to be people right now. You know, the we feel most helpless when they're just sitting alone thinking about bad news. But do you know what can help us to rise up? You know, what could be our assignment in this time of confinement to maybe to meet a need? Yeah, maybe it's time to get to know your neighbors. I heard some testimonies from church members and, and it's not about, about like hundreds or thousands of pounds being sent out. Sometimes it's the smallest things. You know, recently I read uh, or I heard about this testimony that a church member who lives in the flat, uh, uh, of course, last weekend was Easter, just went out and bought some Easter eggs for the children living on, on that floor. And I'm like, wow. You know, that simple provision of here, here you go, Easter egg, and, and this is just some chocolate. You know, sometimes that speaks louder, and that could even point more people to the true meaning of Easter and than anything else. And so I want to encourage you, you know, God's provided, you know, maybe it's time for us to share. You know, the, let's never forget that this is what the church was founded on in the book of Acts, and we call ourselves Acts Church. The church met daily and they shared all that they had and, 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 and all needs were met. And so maybe times like this, we can say, God, who can I bless? Maybe when I go out shopping and I see people on the streets, maybe I can bless them. I can help them. Maybe I can bake a cake. Sometimes it's not even about giving to the poor. It's just about providing some joy. And so maybe you have a neighbor that you can bake a cake for. Maybe you have a toilet roll you can spare. Maybe, I know, you have friends, you know, uh, uh, alone. And maybe you can send some food that away. But whatever it is, meditate on the provision of God and contribute and be part of the provision of God. Amen. Point number three is this. Meditate on the power of God. The third thing that was in the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's budding rod or budding staff. Now, a little bit of explanation. As you know, you know uh, Aaron uh, had a staff, a staff, right? And uh, the staff was, was constructed, God asked to make it, but it was, you no know, any staff or, 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 or rod was basically made out of wood, but dead wood. You know what I'm saying? It was once a branch and it was cut off and it was used as a stick, as a, as a, as a shepherding staff and rod of authority, but, but it was wood. It, it, would, it was dead wood. And, but yet what God caused to happen, and you can read this in Exodus, you can read this in Numbers, is that to prove that God was with Moses, that staff, even though it, had been, it was cut off and shaved and crafted into a rod, you know, cut off from a tree and crafted into a rod, God caused that rod to bud, to bloom, to have leaves, to basically become alive even though it was dead. And, and, and again, that was God telegraphing his resurrection power. 
and, and I want to encourage you, remind you again, God doesn't just have power, he has resurrection power. And times like this, the assignment to all confinement could be to meditate on the resurrection power of Christ and to begin to declare that over everyone and everything that is happening around the world right now. You know, I started today's message by saying that I, I, I personally was so um, sad. Can I be honest? I, I was in pain when I heard of um, this friend of a church member who passed away due to the virus. It hit me hard. Um, it hit me hard. But what we were doing before the bad news came, and this person was in the hospital for some time, without fail, every day I will be praying, and every day Ken and I will be praying that God will not only preserve his life, but God would reveal himself to this person. And I, I really believe, not just in the resurrection power of God, but I also believe in God's nature that he wants to, to save lives. God's will, God's desire is that none should perish. So, so God didn't just send his son Jesus to die for our sins and left the entire salvation of mankind to us. I believe that, that God is more at work in fulfilling the Great Commission than his church sometimes. I believe that for every sowing, every preaching that we do, God is turning thousands of hearts back to Him. I heard so much testimonies of, of from missionaries in the Middle East where they are reaching out to people of a faith that is completely opposed to Christianity, who hate Christianity. And yet I hear testimonies of entire villagers coming to know the Lord because everyone in that village, every man in that village had the same dream that night of a bloody and bruised man nailed on a cross looking down at them. And for us, that sight of Jesus on the cross has become a comfort to us. But for a lot of people, that's the stuff of nightmares. And can you imagine the entire village, all the men in the village, Waking up from the same dream, someone dying on the cross looking down at you. And then they ran, they were so shocked and so terrified. And they ran to the missionaries, the Christian missionaries that they were previously hating on because they saw depictions of Jesus on the cross in, in some of the booklets that they were handing out. And they begin to go like this was exactly what we saw. But, but how could it be that all of us saw the same dream? And long story short, the entire village came to know Christ. I've heard of people with personal testimonies wanting to share the gospel with their grandparents, but they could not speak a single word of Cantonese or Hakka or whatever dialect or Mandarin. And all they did was just to pray for their grandparents and their grandparents saw visions, saw visions of Jesus, saw visions of heaven, and they gave their lives to Christ. What I'm saying is this, yes, we can feel helpless. Yes, people are dying. Those are the statistics, but the church is not meant to fold its arms. The church is meant to mourn and the church is meant to pray 
and declare we might not be able to be in the hospital wards and they might be in and out of consciousness, but, but let us declare the resurrection power that God can do two things. One, he can resurrect them. That those that are approaching death can, can, can have a supernatural bounce back. And even those that have no choice but to approach death, in their pain and in their sleep and in their coma, that God can reveal to them. In the ocean of their minds, God can speak to them. And we never know what can happen in the dreamscape when you see God face to face. All I know and rest is this, that God is good and that resurrection power lies in Him. And so instead of wondering, the church, we can declare. You know what I'm saying? Instead of wondering, God, oh, what's happening? Declare, God, you resurrect. God, we speak to every dry bone, live again. God, we speak to every life in the hospitals, live again. God, we speak, God, to the people that are in a coma. God, your salvation in Jesus' name. And even though they could have gone into the hospitals having no faith or of a particular act of faith, but don't underestimate what can happen in that dreamscape. This is why we believe. This is why God showed himself in signs and wonders to remind us that he is the supernatural God. Don't ever rule out miracles when you pray for people. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean a miracle is not happening. Amen, church? You know, this one last encouragement and, and I'll, I'll, I'll close. We recently heard. Um, of course, the news came out that the Prime Minister, uh, Boris Johnson, was unfortunately caught the virus and, you know, he's, he had to be rushed into the hospital and ICU and all that. Of course, now, by the grace of God, he's made a bounce back. He shared that he's personally thanked two nurses uh, that were watching out for him. And we've come to know as a church because someone in our church... Um, uh, knows someone, uh, uh, well, knows that one of those nurses and knows that she's, knows that the person's a believer. And that person, actually before the news came out, even before the person was publicly thanked by the Prime Minister, we knew for a fact that our Prime Minister was crying out for prayer. And that this nurse was able to approach him and pray for him. And even bless him with a Bible. Friends, there are, there, there, there's a move of God happening that we don't see. Keep praying for the frontline workers. A lot of them are believers, child of God, trying to make a difference. But even if that hospital has zero believers, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God can be there and will be there. The question is, will the people of God learn to declare, learn to have faith? in the power of God and learn to declare the power of God, the resurrection power of God in the lives of everyone who is hurting right now. Amen. Amen. If you know, Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Simple as that. Let's not be too theological when it comes to prayer, but let's approach God with faith like a child and says, God, I declare, God, signs and wonders, God, vision, God, speak, God, you are powerful. You are powerful. You are powerful enough to cause the rod of Aaron, a piece of wood, 
to bloom again, to bud again. You are powerful to raise Jesus from the dead and not just Jesus, but Lazarus, not just Lazarus, but Jairus's daughter. Resurrection is God's business. Let's never forget that and let's never stop declaring that. Amen. And I urge us as a church right now to figure out God's assignment for us in this time of confinement. Maybe it's to pray. Don't miss out on that assignment. Maybe it's to give. Don't miss out on that assignment. Maybe it's to, to, to share the word or maybe it's to encourage yourself and, and allow the promises of God to enter in and to set you free from all the years of depression and pain and hurt. Don't miss out on that. Amen. Amen. Would you allow me to pray? Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is living. We want to not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. So, God, we pray. Lord, we believe, just like how you use Paul, Lord, to write all those life-giving letters to the church in Ephesians, uh, to the church in Ephesus, the church in Philippi, the church in, in Colossians, and, and even to Philemon. God, I believe that you have an assignment for us. So those of us who can give, Thank you, Lord, for your provision and now help us to be your provision to the world. God, thank you, Lord, for your power. Now help us, Lord, to spread that power, declare that power, prophesy that power over dry bones. And God, thank you, Lord, for your promises. And Lord, help us to embody that promise. Help us to wash ourselves with the word of your promise and help us to share your promises as an encouragement to a hurting world. Help us to share with family. Help us to share. Help us not to make excuses, but help us to just love. Love you and love people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.